Welcome back to another episode of Best Hour of Their Day. My man, MDV, on today's episode. And if you've not heard of MDV, you need to go check him out. Google him, search him, do whatever you do. But this guy has been around the block in the CrossFit world, starting at CrossFit New England. He worked with Ben Bergeron. He moved over to Reebok, working with... People like Austin Maliolo, Denise Thomas, Connor Murphy, all guests on this podcast. And now he's over in California working with Jason Kalipa on NC Fit. And it happens to be the program we follow over at My Box North Naples CrossFit. And I truly love it. We've had some great guests talking about their programming. I love NC Fit. Definitely look it up. We're going to talk all about it in this episode. Another cool fact about MDV is he actually went to law school. He could be practicing law right now, but instead he chose to follow his dreams, follow his passion, and help people improve their lives. And that he does. He's just such a good dude. He's a good friend. And he's going to drop some amazing knowledge on this podcast. We really dive into the art of of coaching and i think whether you're a box owner a coach or just a member you're gonna really love everything he has to say he's just that kind of dude so i hope you enjoy the show and before that i just want to say that this episode is sponsored by own your eating yes i know own your eating is my company but i don't often talk about it and I thought it'd be a good opportunity to let you guys know all about our website, ownyoureating.com, where we offer coaching for macros, for nutrition. We help people regain control of their life. Some of you may not know this about me, but I was the chubby affiliate owner, stressed out, couldn't lose weight until I found flexible eating. And it was one of those things where I lost weight and everybody started asking me about it. And it slowly became and morphed into this amazing company that I have with my wife, Ra. So ownyoureating.com. And we also have a certificate course that's accredited by CrossFit. That's right. You get CEUs for CrossFit. Whether you're a level three or level four coach, you can get eight CEUs by taking our course. And of course, just learn more about nutrition, helping others, and even starting your own nutrition business. So once again, that's ownyoureating.com. Enjoy the show. All right, best hour of their day is back. Another amazing guest, Matt Della Valle. Welcome. Hey, Jason. How you doing, buddy? Very good. So I refer to Matt as MDV and our relationship. We go back to the, again, faster days, don't we? I think we even go back further than that. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but maybe about like nine or 10 years ago, I dropped into CrossFit Albany as I was traveling around the country. And um, you were telling me about some athlete who had not made it big just yet, but he was coming up out of the ranks of CrossFit Albany. And do you know who that athlete was? It, you know, based on what you're saying, I'm <laughs> assuming that's Austin Maliolo. Yeah, it's Austin Maliolo. Very cool. So yeah, we go back and I just had another good friend, David Osorio, on an earlier podcast. So it's really fun to be chatting with people that have been around for 10 or more years and seen, you know, the evolution of CrossFit. Let me, let me do my best to introduce you. MDV is 
the chief fitness officer at NC Fit. That's Jason Kalipa's business. You guys might know Jason Kalipa from the 2008 CrossFit Games. Um, and prior to that, he's really had some experience all over the world, you know, whether he was involved in again faster, he was part of the CrossFit seminar team. And now you're out in San Jose running the show. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a wild ride for me. Um, you, you pretty much nailed it. You know, I started out doing CrossFit, um, pretty early on around 2006 and then got my level one in 2008 and found myself in Boston soon after, um, worked uh, for again faster. Like you said, did some coaching for Ben over at CrossFit New England for a couple of years made my way to Reebok, coached with Austin and the team there, did some stuff on seminar staff. And uh, now I'm out here on the West Coast helping Jason uh, run NC Fit. So you talk about someone that's been around the best in the world. You've really seen it all. And I definitely want to dive into NC Fit. It happens to be the programming we do at my local box here, North Naples CrossFit. I love it. I rave about it. You know, before we go into some coaching questions, in case anyone tunes out, can they get a free trial of that and check out some workouts? Yeah, for sure. So uh, you, we have a couple of ways that people can access what we're doing here at NC Fit. Uh, for individuals who just want to check out what we're doing from a workout perspective, we have our NC Fit app. You can download that on uh, Apple or Google Play. And then for business owners, coaches, gym owners, uh, if you're looking to check out what we're doing from a programming and development perspective with our session plans uh, for all of our programs, we uh, um, we really, really take a lot of pride in what we do for the, uh, the CrossFit community and producing those session plans. You can check out uh, the NC Fit Collective. Awesome. We're going to definitely dive into that because I have some questions for you about it. But, you know, you've, you've worked with some of the best, be it Ben Bergeron, Austin Maliolo, Jason Kalipa. What are some of the things, you know, when we look at a good CrossFit coach, what were some common traits that all of the best in the world have? Oh, gosh, yeah. I think the common characteristic among all those people, and, you know, there's a lot of other people who I came across in those early years uh, who I attribute you know, a lot of my development to, not, you know, not only Ben Bergeron, but Heather Bergeron, you know, E.C. Sinkowski was walking around CrossFit during those days, James Hobart, Mel Ockerby, Matt Frankel, you know, talk about the best in the world. You got to mention Denise Thomas in that uh, conversation as well over at Reebok CrossFit 1. Connor Murphy, Austin Maliolo, uh, you know, the Northeast was really um, kind of like a, a melting pot for some of the best coaches in the world to all come together. And I was really fortunate to be a part of it. I think looking at all those people, uh, the most common characteristic of all of them is that they care way more uh, about CrossFit and fitness and the health and wellness of their members than most other people out there, they care a tremendous, tremendous amount. Um, and they're also all tirelessly and relentlessly committed to excellence. Like they are all waking up every single day and going out there and trying to be the best version of themselves. And I think ultimately those two things, care and excellence are what makes most trainers and most professionals in general, extremely successful. It's what separates the good from the great is that elevated level of care. Yeah, I mean, you're right about all of that, but that melting pot is definitely true. Have you read the book Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell? Yeah, yeah, it's a great book, of course. You, you know, and, and I do have asking you about books on my questions for you because you were the one that gave me Extreme Ownership by Jocko. But, yep. you know, it's funny 
Malcolm Gladwell references the Beatles in Outliers, and it's like they would just happen to be in this town, and you know they played every night together, and they developed. It's not that they were great, you know, they they became this amazing band, and I think it's kind of true for CrossFit as well. When you know we were lucky in that we were all involved so early on, so yeah. it's like, hey, did these people just so happen to be in? you know, the, the greater Boston area, or did we all kind of make our way there or at least to the Northeast because we were all there together? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think it's a combination of things, Jay, you know, obviously there was a set of unique circumstances that ended up bringing all of these people to the Northeast, you know, in particularly the, the, the Boston area, just, it was, uh, it was a hub. It was something like, it was something special going on there. You know, I think that Ben was a really early adopter for CrossFit, uh, and he immediately stood out as, um, you know, a leader there. But, you know, even going back before Ben had CrossFit Boston, had, again, faster coming up through the ranks and all those types of things. So um, it, it definitely reminds me of what Malcolm Gladwell was talking about in Outliers, where not, not only do you have these extremely talented people uh, in their own right doing amazing things, but you have this special set of circumstances that brings them all together and makes something you know unbelievable happen you know in, in most of those scenarios you were just you know the low man if you will you know you would come in and, and really what you've done well is work your way up in all those whether it's with Gilson and again faster who will be on a mm-hmm. upcoming episode or Ben and CrossFit New England what were you doing to become a better coach you went from being you know, some guy that found CrossFit to widely considered one of the best in the world. What did it take for you to get there? Oh, that's very kind of you. Well, well, you are. But people listening to this podcast want to become a better coach and it's challenging, right? A lot of them take their Mm -hmm. level one and maybe six months later, come back to their level two. So I guess two questions would be, what can you do after you leave your level one to become a better coach? Yeah, I, um, that's, that's one of the uh, main reasons why we started the NC Fit Collective was to provide daily development opportunities for coaches out there because I think that that's something that people lack walking out of the level one. I think a lot of people go into it with really great intentions. They get a fantastic education. It's the best education in the world. We have the best and most talented trainers working on that team. And the experience that the participants get is second to none. But you can walk out of that and you there's an opportunity for you, or excuse me, there's the risk that you might not continue your development if you're really not uh, committed to it. And I think that that's the, the most important thing for anybody out there who wants to be a better trainer is you have to wake up every day hungry. You have to wake up every day humble. You have to wake up with that white belt mentality where you are going to learn something today and you're going to check your ego and it doesn't matter how good you think you are, how good you actually are, how many classes you've coached, what level of certificate or uh, certification you have next to your name. None of that shit matters. The only thing that matters is checking your ego and learning. And by doing that, you're going to get better and you're going to get better much faster. Um, you know, when you're around other amazing trainers, you also have this awesome opportunity to beg, borrow, and steal just about everything that they do and implement it into your own training. And there's literally probably nothing that I've quote unquote invented in training or going out there and running a class. It's like, 
it's a it's a confluence of all of the stuff that I've seen from all of those people. And you know, I I give credit where credit's due, but you have you you have to you have to learn from these people. Um, I think that that's a, a huge missed opportunity for coaches sometimes is that they don't lean on other trainers enough. They don't watch other trainers enough. Yeah, I, I tell people all the time. You know, if, if I say something you like, take it, don't even quote me. Don't give me, you know, any, anything. Cause I've stolen that from somebody else anyway. Yeah. And to this day, I'll watch a trainer at a level one and whether it's in a breakout group or watching them coach the, the muscle up and I'll just steal something. If I, I'm not, you know, ignorant to think that I can't still learn to this day, you know, 15 years into coaching CrossFit. I, I, I completely agree, Jay. I think that, you know, you, um, as you mature in your coaching journey too, you, you become more open to these kinds of learning opportunities. You realize that you know less than you actually thought you knew. Like you earlier when I was, when I was coaching and like, you know, you'd first get your level one, you get your level two. And, you know, even if you're lucky enough to get your level three, you earn that, you know, you think you kind of know everything. And then as you mature, you get older, you see more reps, you watch more classes, you, you coach more classes, you realize like there's still so much to learn. And even if the technical stuff has become a little bit easier for you to work through, like you, your mind now sees things, you see your eyes see things quicker, your mind goes to the, uh, the, the root cause faster, you're able to use cues in a much more efficient manner. There's, there's other layers to this that you continuously learn, whether or not that's you know, emotional, whether that's social, um, you know, how you deal with relationships, how you deal with uh, you know, crisis situations or how you deal with, um, you know, members who are coming to you with issues, all those types of things. Like there's a tremendous amount of learning that can happen and it, it never, never stops. But to go back to your initial question, we talked like a lot about like kind of like philosophical ways that you can get better as a trainer. Like, you know, you can, you can watch, you can make barn and steel and you can talk to people. Technically, I think the best way that you can get better is, is two things. Number one is you have to be on the floor actually getting reps in. Like you have to be fucking coaching. If you're not coaching, you're simply not going to be getting better at it. The other thing is that you have to be planning in your classes. And this is something that, you know, Denise Thomas is super, super big on. Um, and it's something that, you know, I've become extremely big on as well is that anybody who is desiring to be a better trainer, if you're not planning your classes, literally going through on a sheet of paper the night before, a few hours before class and planning a minute to minute timeline, then I don't think you're doing enough to aid in your development. That's step number one. I agree. And to that point, I've told people, if I ran a box these days, I wouldn't allow a coach to lead a class if they didn't show up with a plan. You know, and granted, you know, so for example, we use NC Fit, the timeline's laid out for us. I still want to know how you're going to execute it. Is there anything you would change? You know, what are you, sometimes your classes, you know, for example, yesterday had dumbbells. Okay, what are we going to do since we don't mm -hmm. have as many dumbbells or rowers or bikes? So yeah, that, that plan is huge. You can't coach if you don't know where you're going to be, what you're going to be looking for. Yeah. And I think even more than that, like obviously it gives you an amazing um, template to run your class uh, on, right? But also having a plan and 
outlining all the things that you, you kind of quote unquote know are going to happen, it gives you this hedge against all of the stuff that you don't know is going to happen. Like if you have a plan and you're prepared for all the stuff that's like, you know, you're going to have to introduce the class. You know, you're going to have to run your warm up. You know, you're going to have to run your skill. You know, you're going to have to run the workout. You know, you're going to close. Like if you plan those portions of your class meticulously, then all of the shit that people normally get thrown off by, like all the fucking stuff that like you see somebody walk into your gym, you're like, who is this person? I don't know. They move really poorly. How am I going to handle this? Or you're like, you have a class that you plan for, it's 10 people and all of a sudden 25 show up and you're like, uh-oh, what do I do? All of those things now become so much easier to handle because you've planned for all the stuff that you already knew was going to happen. So it makes those kind of outlier situations much easier to approach and you're not just like super stressed out. So do you have any examples where you, by failing to plan, you led or coached a terrible class? Um... Yeah, I mean, for sure. I've, I've led and coached a lot of bad classes. <laughs> I think like, um, you know, if you, if you go back over the last 10 years, that there's lemons in there, man. It's not like every time I step onto the floor, it's a, you know, a class that's touched by the hand of God. Like there are times when I walk off the floor, I'm like, oh, that did not go well. And whether or not that's because I, um, you know, I tried something new and it didn't work out the way that I thought it was going to work out. You know, that, that's something that, I think is an acceptable quote unquote failure. Like, um, you know, I, I'm always telling our new coaches who come onto the team, you know, I, I want you to be progressive. I want you to experiment. I want you to go out there and find new things and try to implement them into your classes. And maybe that's not necessarily something that we have in the brief for that day. But if you go out there and you have a plan and you execute it, and your plan goes poorly. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because that still means that you went out there, you did the research you had, you had in your mind what you wanted to do and, and maybe it just didn't go well for you know, whatever reason. It's where you don't have a plan and you step on the floor and, and things go haywire. That's where I have a real big issue. Um, you know what? But for me, like, there's some specific instances, man, where like, I can remember back, and this is a story that I tell a lot of our trainers. Um, you know, I, was, I, was, I was younger. I was, I was much more like kind of like, gung-ho like we have to do you know what's written on the board you know you have to squat to depth if, if I think you can all that kind of stuff right and I think one class in particular that stands out in my mind it, it, it's not even that it was a bad experience for the entire class I just really remember it was a bad experience for one member in particular I'll never ever forget this it was a class that I was coaching at CrossFit New England and it was a movement um, I think it was a med ball clean it was either a med ball clean or like a really light barbell clean and I was working with an older gentleman and I knew that he could squat to depth. I had seen squat to depth. Um, I knew that he had the capacity even coming in for a while. I knew his movement pretty well. And I, it, I was in that mindset where I was like, all right, I'm going to make this, I'm going to make this guy squat to depth every single time today. And at one point he put down the med ball and he looked at me and he goes, listen, you know, you're 20, 25 years old and I'm 65 years old. You are never going to know how I feel right now in this moment. And I'm not able to do what you're asking me to do. So I would appreciate some space on this. And I was like, oh, shit, like, damn. And that, that was something that has stuck with me for a really, really long time. You know, and it was one of those things that, um, you know, I go back and I look at and I'm like, 
it, it was me not understanding where the line was for a particular athlete. And um, I think that's really important for, for coaches. You know, people like to be motivated. People like to be pushed in different ways. And you have to be uh, agile enough to recognize that you are looking to uh, help that person along with where they're at, and not only in their greater physical journey, but where they're at that day and, and where they're at that day, not only physically, but mentally. Um, so I definitely walked away from that class being like, wow, that, I, that guy, I did not, <laughs> did not have a good experience today. I, I really appreciate that story. And so that, you know, the challenge is how do you teach and how do you learn that? I have a similar story, you know, even a couple of years ago where we were doing 20 rep back squats and I was just pushing people like a lunatic, like a deranged lunatic mm. to go heavier because I know what 20 rep back squat should feel like. It's one of my favorite workouts, but you got to understand and you want to, you have to want to go there. And these people were like, nope, I don't want that today. So how do newer coaches learn that? I mean, you learned it because this gentleman, you know, truth is he was nice enough to approach you that way versus either freaking out or going and telling Ben to get rid of right. the coach, right? Yep. So, so how would you teach that to new coaches? You know, I think it's a, it's a balancing act. You know, there's, we're talking about relative intensity when we, when we talk about this topic and relative intensity is the um, intensity that you're going to ask an athlete to go through for that workout for that day based on their ability and also based on their physical and mental state. Right. And I think it's having a really unique understanding and knowledge of your athletes. And that takes time. You, you really need to get your, to know your athletes, not only uh, how they move and what their capacity is, but also, you know, what's going on in, in their lives and have a keen, keen, keen awareness. So much of what we do comes down to awareness um, and understanding where your athletes are at. at. And there, there's like different, obviously, you know, really mature relationship development is one of the best ways to get to know your athletes better, right? Like spending the time with them, uh, not only during class hours, but the time before class and time after class, getting to know them as people, not just uh, members or athletes. But uh, I think a critical moment of class that a lot of coaches neglect is the introduction. And during the introduction, there's a, a really awesome opportunity for you to gain a lot of information about how your athletes are feeling, who the athletes in front of you are, what the ability levels are. Are there any injuries you need to be aware of? Is anybody feeling particularly funky? And I see a lot of coaches really bastardize their introductions and, and, and go about it in a way that uh, I, I think sometimes is inappropriate. Um, and because it's, it, for me, it's such an important part of the class. There's so much that you can gain from the, from the intro. And not only that, like the intro sets you up for the rest of your class. If you have an amazing introduction and you get all the information that you, that you need to get from your class, you've now set the tone really, really positively for the rest of the class. The athletes are feeling it. You have all the information that you need. You're more than likely going to run a much better class. If you bomb your intro, if you tell jokes that are inappropriate, you waste too much time. The people are standing there scratching at their heads like, what is this guy or girl doing up here? If you don't get the information that you, that you need to run an effective class, if you don't ask for injuries, you've now put yourself, you dug yourself a pretty big hole. You know, not only is it going to be really hard for you to have 
the, the class be interested in what you guys are doing, but now you're potentially running a class that could be dangerous or ineffective for people. I love it. I see that, you know, first of all, there's an episode in our archives all about the intro slash whiteboard brief. And we basically talk about it exactly how you put it. And the other thing I love that you said is, you know, great coaches think alike. Austin Maliola was on and he said, you know, I said, what's one very specific thing a good coach can do? And he said, talk to each athlete. And that was it, right? Like, that's the challenge. That's the art of coaching. You know, I've got great friends at my box that coach and they have one speed and it's just scream in your face. And it's yeah. cool. They're 24 year old dudes and I get it. I love it. You know, I don't always want that, but, but I can appreciate it, but man, I see them doing it to like you, a 65 year old male or woman, man or woman. And it's like, you got to learn when to, when to bring it back and when to reel it in. And even though I know you need to get below parallel, maybe today we're going to excuse you from that just because you know, at the end of the day, we want you to have the best hour of your day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I think we all go through that phase though. You know, Jay, like I think back and I, I, I think for most people, it's not malicious, right? I think most, for most people, it's like unbridled enthusiasm and fervor for CrossFit and for functional training. I just think, I think a lot of young trainers are like really fucking fired up about what they're teaching, what they're coaching. They want the members to get these really amazing, like gut-wrenching workouts. They want them to like, to do these amazing things. And I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, like in theory, right? Like I think in the execution of that, you can rub some people the wrong way. Um, you have to learn how to throttle your intensity up and down. I think that's something that a lot of great trainers do really well is they know when to push and they know when to throttle back. They know when to be louder and more um, kind of commanding and they know when to really get in your face and they know when to be a little bit softer and they can read the room and they have that awareness. Um, you know, I, I think on either end of the spectrum there, you're, you're probably not being as effective of a trainer as you could be. Like if you're always just on level 11 and you're screaming in people's faces and you've got that drill sergeant mentality, you're probably not reaching a good segment of your population who doesn't respond well to that type of motivation. You also might not be necessarily coaching in a way that's, you know, um, kind of condoning or uh, positively reinforcing effective movement. And on the other side of the equation, if you're so super soft and reserved and you're not um, giving people what they need to, to be motivated to, you know, reach personal best, you're missing out on this tr tremendous uh, part of human potential that could be spurred by your motivation. And you also might be very similarly, like being too timid around your athletes and not giving them what they need. So, you know, playing in the middle is really important. You're, you're basically saying you need technique and intensity, not only in your training, but your coaching. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that that's a really great way to put it. Outside of that, you know, so that's basically, would you say that's the biggest mistake new coaches make? Um, geez, the biggest mistake new coaches make. I think it's, I think it's one mistake new coaches make. Um, I, I, if I had to identify one thing, uh, I would probably say it's the, the novice's curse, very similar to how Greg put it for athletes. Um, 
the biggest mistake that I think novice coach makes novice coaches make, excuse me, is the fact that they uh, treat the kernel of knowledge like they have uh, from the level one as being um, kind of infallible or, or they know it all. Um, and um, realize, not realizing that there's, there's so much more to learn and see and uh, develop. What would be one book you recommend any new coach read to help develop? Um, this is a, uh, this is a no brainer for me. This is a book that I recommend to just about um, everybody who I come across in the coaching profession. It's a book called turning pro by Stephen Pressfield. And it is uh, probably one of the most influential books that I've ever read in my life. And it's actually a book that every team member who comes on uh, to our staff at NC fit, we give them a copy of it. Um, for me, it's, it's an absolutely seminal work about how to think about your craft, your profession, your passion, um, and how to be a professional in it. And the journey from uh, being an amateur, a quote-unquote amateur, to being a professional. And, it, and it's a mindset switch, but it's also a, a decision that you make in, in how you act and the habits and routines that you implement in your life. I assume you give them two books, I Turning Pro and also AMRAP Mentality. <laughs> yeah. yeah, AMRAP Mentality is, yeah, that's also on the heavy rotation here for sure. All right. So great coaching cues, great, you know, advice to up and coming coaches. Let's talk a little bit more about NC Fit. You're, you're a part sure. of this team. Like I said, we use the app. We use the workouts here. What separates NC Fit? There's, there's at this point, dozens, if not hundreds of other coaching platforms. What, what separates you guys? Yeah, um, there's a lot of people out there who are, who are doing really amazing things in the functional training community. I think that there is a lot of really great minds, um, you know, to name a few, obviously, what Austin and James and Spencer are doing with Hamplan, what Ben is doing with CompTrain, what Misted Athletics, uh, you know, Seth Page and the rest of the team are doing there. You know, obviously, uh, what Marcus Philly is doing and how creative he's getting. You know, Ryan Fisher at CrossFit Chalk, and you know the things that he's doing out there, not only with his class programming, but with high intensity bodybuilding. I, it's a really, really cool and interesting time for me, and um, I have a tremendous amount of respect and admiration for all of those people out there. Um, and I think that the competition makes us all better. Um, you know, for us here at NC Fit, what we are all about is putting out the best possible programming for the class environment that could ever be created. We want to create the most well-rounded, the most fun, the most effective class programming possible. What we also want to do with that is we want to pair it with the absolute best session plan or brief that a coach could ever have in their back pocket before going out there and coaching a class. And the brief really serves two distinct purposes for us. Not only do we want the coach to be able to go out there and run an absolutely amazing class in the moment, right? It's, a, it's an immediate tool and resource for them. But it is also a long-term development tool. Every single day when one of the coaches pulls up one of our briefs, they are not only learning about how to run that particular class, but they're also gaining really important knowledge and experience about how to approach different sets of loading, volume, different movements. How do I think about the stimulus today versus yesterday? 
What are the things in the introduction that really stand out in comparison to the days around? How is the timeline structured today? What are the scaling options based on today's workout? All of these different things that we include in our briefs are going to help a coach develop over the long term. And that, that's really been uh, amazing for us here at NC Fit. You know, we have about 65 coaches here in the Bay Area, and it's really important for us that we are continuing to develop them on a, on a daily basis. And then also the consistency across our locations and, and class to class is really important. You know, I want a member who comes in at the 6 a.m. class to have a similar experience to the member that comes in at the 6 p.m. class. And I don't want the coaches to go out there and coach the exact same scripted, very dry class. I want both of those coaches to go out there and coach out of their minds and have an amazing time while they're doing it and bring their unique personality and spin to it. But I do want our coach just to think about movement in a similar way. I want them thinking about a stimulus in a similar way. I want them to be giving athletes a similar kernel of information about the workout that day. Um, and, and that's what's been really powerful. I think that's the, the, the best feedback and the, the most um, kind of re personally rewarding feedback that we get from coaches and gym owners who are following our programming is the fact that our, not only are the workouts really, really fun and amazing and effective, but the coaches are getting better. Um, you know, they are really making the most out of the briefs and they're feeling that they are, are, are continuing their development on a daily basis. Yeah. And again, you know, I don't have any necessarily affiliation with you guys other than North Naples CrossFit, the box that I work out at, the box mm -hmm. that I coach at, use it. So in fairness to these other programs, I don't have as much experience with them. However, I will say, for one, these workouts are a blast. They're actually like, you know, it's the old, it doesn't have to be fun to be fun mentality, but they're, they're fun CrossFit workouts. You know, yesterday's workout mm -hmm. with dumbbell burpees and power cleans and front squats, you know, AMRAPs. And you and I were talking before I got online, I think I had Rabdo in my traps from, <laughs> you know, a hanging power clean workout last week, but, but they're just fun workouts. But I will tell you this, since implementing NC Fit at the box, I agree with you 100%. There's been consistency across classes. And that doesn't mean, you know, they're like robots up there, but they're, the classes are being led in a similar fashion. And mm -hmm. the organization that happens at the whiteboard has been much better because the briefings are more consistent. You know, again, we talked yeah. about it in, in the previous episode, but it's, you know, the stimulus is being upheld because their coaches are briefing it better based on what the app is saying. You know, this is a moderate load. You should be able to go unbroken versus this is a heavy load and we don't expect you to do more than triples. Those types of things are happening and it's really awesome. And that's, that's really cool to hear. And I think that that's exactly what we, we want out of the NC Fit Collective. You know, we, we want the members going out there and having a hell of a time. We want them to be um, you know, in a program that is really effective, that's thoughtful, that's not just scribbled on the back of a napkin on Sunday night, um, that we have multiple people, a, a team of people working on the program, and we have you know, really buttoned up session plans that go along with every single workout that we put out. And for us, it, it, we, we use this stuff every single day. And I think that's the most powerful thing for me is that and probably what's going to continue to make the collective, um, uh, we're never going to settle on it. We're never, it's never going to be like, oh, all right, well, this is good enough. We use, we use the same stuff every single day in our gym. So like 
it has to be the best in the world. I have to have the best workouts. I have to have the best session plans because the development of our own trainers and our own communities, our own members depend on it. Um, and it just is, it feels really good to be able to share that with other coaches and solve what I think is a big issue in the community today is the, is the fact that ongoing development just doesn't exist. So that's, that's really um, the, the main thrust behind collective. Uh, and and it, it makes me really proud to hear that. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I can't speak highly enough about it. You know, like, like you said, there's a lot of great stuff out there. We just happen to use NC Fit. You know, I, I highly recommend, I've said it before, if I were a box owner these days, time is your most important commodity. There's good programming out there that's done well, that's, you know, put out in an easy to use app versus me sharing it in my coach's Facebook group. It, yeah. it, it's a no brainer, spend the money, you know, and again, whoever you choose, there's good programming out there. It's, it's makes your life easier. The $150 a month is well worth it. Two questions. Yeah. Two questions I like to ask everybody. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. What's sure. that? No, I was going to say, we talked a lot about what we think, you know, some of the common flaws among, among coaches are out there. I think, I think a common flaw among uh, affiliate owners out there is that the, um, a lot of affiliate owners really, hold on to programming as like being their like their secret sauce or something that makes their gym, you know, really special and stand out. And, you know, yeah, I programming is super, super fun. I love doing it. It's something I've always been really passionate about the, I, I think what a lot of gym owners don't think about is how are they spending their time? How much time are they spending? Are they actually putting the thought into the programming to make it as effective as they think they are, or they think it is? Or if they are doing that, what are they neglecting by spending that much time on programming? Like the, the, the affiliate owner, their time is their most valuable resource, like you just said. And is that time better spent developing deeper relationships with their members, thinking about their coaches and thinking about their coaches' development, thinking about how they're going to get more members into the gym and make that experience as best as possible, as opposed to sitting at a whiteboard or sitting on a computer and deciding whether or not you want to do 20 or 15 thrusters in the next book. You know what I mean? Um, I just no, think that that's, that's something that a lot of business owners really need to take a hard look at. Right. So, you know, what, what is the cost for an affiliate to, to use NC fit for the month? We start a, our, our programming session plans at uh, $99 a month. Okay. So $99 a month. It's like, if you can't figure out a way that by not doing your programming, you're going to make that $99. You're not running a good business anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. Good programming, yeah. the way you guys are putting out there would require a box owner to spend at least, uh, this is very low, five hours a week. That's 20 hours a month, right? Yeah. We, that's, yep. that's $5 an hour. Yeah. You know, th there's a no brainer. And, and this good programming because now you're going to have consistency across the board. Your coaches are going to cross coach better. They're going to have a better time, meaning more energy, more excitement, more time to spend with their members. You're going to keep one member all day, you know, retention wise, you've made up your $99 right there. Yep. If you get one member from having a, an improved experience, better programming, better coaching session plans, better long-term development, one member, it pays for itself. That's a no-brainer to me. You know, and, and, you know, so let's take devil's advocate. If you go back in the archives, you listen to James McDermott, 
He uses CrossFit.com on his box Mm -hmm. and he's crushing it with .com. But -hmm. if you listen to the podcast, he talks about how much time it takes him to do well. Like you said, he loves it. He enjoys programming, but it's time consuming for him. So there are different alternatives, but the point being, if, if time is you know important to you, if you'd rather be spending it doing other things, this is a no-brainer. And it's not going to lie, it's just fun programming. I, I, mm-hmm. I truly enjoyed that aspect of it. And, and if, you're, if you're not convinced, you know, we'll, we'll give you all the links and whatnot in the show notes and, and Matt will take you through them, but, but check out a free, a, a free trial and, and try some of the workouts. For sure. So two questions I like to always ask are, one, what's one thing you used to believe to be true that you now think is false? Oh, yikes. What's the other question? I think about that one for a second. Well, this one's not going to be any easier. The other question I always ask is if you can have one thing on a billboard for all to see, what would it be? Man, you should have, you should have sent me these questions ahead of time. These no, are tough. I, I want this. I want you to be thinking about it. I don't want you, you know, researching, asking, you know, your friends what to say. Yeah. I want uh, the so- MTV answer. <laughs> What's one thing I used to believe to be true, and now I don't anymore? Uh, I'm going I'm to keep it focused around fitness. You know, I, when, I, when, I very, when I first discovered CrossFit, I thought it was the be-all and end-all for fitness. And I thought that anybody who wasn't doing CrossFit was a crazy person. And I thought that what we were doing was so much more effective, so much better than what everybody else out there is doing. And I still think that CrossFit is an absolutely fantastic way to not only get into shape, but also maintain a long-term health and fitness, develop amazing relationships, you know, uh, develop a tremendous amount of discipline, not only in body, but in mind. I think it's extremely, extremely powerful. That's not lost on me. But I also now have a greater perspective about fitness and health no matter what somebody is doing as long as they're going out there they're doing something that they're not in jeopardy of hurting themselves they're doing something that they enjoy they're being active it's cathartic to them i i I just i don't care as much whether or not they're doing crossfit or not i have so much more empathy for people and so much more respect for people i think that are just out there doing whatever they enjoy to do. And, you know, if that's rollerblading while you're curling five pound dumbbells, more power to you. Like, I, I just think that as I've gotten older, I've become less kind of rigid and less closed minded about that. And I, I, I kind of do think that it's made me a, it's made me a better trainer. It's made me a better person, more empathetic, more, um, just more in tune with like what, and respectful about what other people want to do with their time. You know, and as someone that rollerblades with five pound dumbbells, I appreciate you saying that. So <laughs> <laughs> no, and I'm the same way. I mean, in 2007, if you came near me, it was like, you better do CrossFit and you better eat paleo or you're a dummy, you know? And then over the years it was, Hey, I'm just happy to see you moving. And I think that's really cool to hear you say that. And again, I think we both believe CrossFit is the fastest path to fitness. However, you know, there, 
a slower path is laying on the couch. So I'd rather you be on some sort of path than none at all. Yeah, for sure. For sure. How about um, that bill? And the other one was if I can, yeah. what, the, what would that billboard say? Hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to keep it coaching focused as well. And I, I think it would just say turn pro. And um, for a lot of people out there, a lot of coaches out there, no matter if coaching is something that you are going to find um, for a short period of your life and it's a part-time thing that you do and you have another gig that you go off and you make your main income or you're going to do it for a number of years and then take your head up out of water and then look to see what else is out there or you're going to make it a lifelong pursuit. No matter where you are in that equation, you can still be a professional trainer. And I think that if more people looked at training as a profession, and, you know, really res- had that level of respect for it. I think that overall, we'd, we'd all be in a better place. And I, I'd encourage, you know, anybody out there to take that mindset about, about coaching. Turn pro, you know, treat it with respect. You know, still have a hell of a lot of fun while you're doing it. But be the, the absolute best that you can be. Care more than everybody else. Commit to excellence. Plan your classes. Treat it like something that it demands to be treated. Um, Hey, Matt, you still there? Jason. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were right in the middle. You said treat it as something that should be treated well, and then you blacked out. Oh, you might have to edit this episode, Matt. No, I got him a one-shot kind of guy. Uh, you were wrapping it up. That was good. <laughs> um, I was just saying, you know, treat it with the respect that it demands, and um, you'll find that you'll be uh, very successful. Uh, I love it. I love it. All right. You said it all. Where can people see you? Where can people check out NC Fit? Sure, you can find us on social media. Uh, you know, obviously NC Fit on Instagram, on Facebook. If you want to learn more about what we do for um, coaches and gym owners, you can check out uh, NC Fit Collective. That's on Instagram. You can also check out NC.fit backslash collective, and you can find out more about uh, you know getting a free trial for what we're doing with our session plans, our program. Yeah, and of course, look at my social media. The Jason Ackerman, if you want to see what it does to a 40-year-old man, how jacked and strong I am. I back squatted 285 yesterday, five by five. Whoa, big Um, numbers there, my man. So, and then uh, what about you? People might have listened to this, been like, hey, that dude's a pretty cool dude. I didn't know too much about him. I want to see all of his sweet tattoos. Where can they find you on Instagram? I'm at MDV on Instagram. At MDV. Who'd you got to sleep with at Instagram to get that hashtag? (laughs) With that handle. Well, it's not, it's not actually, <laughs> I, uh, I'll, I'll talk to you offline about that, but, um, it's actually at M period D period B period underscore. But if you, if you just put an MDV, I come up. Sounds like the better stories are going to happen offline, but cool. All right. <laughs> it's been, uh, it's been great to have you on. It's been, you know, amazing. Always a pleasure, Jay. Call you a friend all these years to see you develop and, um, you know, I'm excited to have a friend in San Jose so Roz and I can come visit. And I'm excited to, uh, man, he was giving me the tour beforehand. Man, that place looks legit. So if you're ever in the greater San Jose area, definitely stop by one of the NC boxes and check it out. They, uh, it, it looks beautiful. I'm excited to see see you guys grow. Always a pleasure, Jason, and welcome anytime. My man. Thanks for having me on. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. 
take a moment, head over to the Apple Podcast app or Spotify or Google or whatever you use and leave us a review. It really means a lot to us and it's what allows us to spread the word. Also, share this with your friends, your family, your coworkers. Tell everybody at the box to listen to best hour of their day and let us know what we can do to provide you a better experience. Do you have topics you want us to talk about? People you want us to interview? We are here for you, the community. We're here to give back, and we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Best Hour of Their Day.